With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hello and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. You know, Brendan, I was thinking before the podcast started that uh, I don't know how I settled on hello and welcome. Is that what you said when you used to do the introduction? And are we just are we just hello and welcome people? No, when I started the podcast, I was I would always say hail cheaters. <laughs> that's that's actually better. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, playing some trumpets as the king enters the court. Hail cheaters. And you're just a little bit more like the podcaster next door. Yeah, that's why, like, yeah, everybody kind of pines for the podcaster next door, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they do. I'm picturing you topless right now through your bedroom window. Uh, Brandon, uh, we went to the NYCFC home opener last night, didn't we? Oh, we did. I am sure happy to not be waiting in line at Yankee Stadium anymore. <laughs> we, we showed up, and it was mass chaos with all these fans trying to get in for the home opener, like five minutes before the game was even meant to kick off. It was, was so crazy. There conspiracy the, the, theory about uh, they weren't accepting paper tickets that you printed at home. Yeah, uh, it, the, the lines were so long that two lines actually met, like the ends of the lines met. In this, like, cra- it was like two universes, like, colliding or something. Or it, two, it, was, two, it was as it was like if... two galaxies colliding. It was like everything was just a mess. There was just matter everywhere. <laughs> it was. And uh, Franz Kafka actually was uh, the, the sponsor on <laughs> Toronto <laughs> FC's kit. It was, it was really, really bizarre. Uh, we... So, yeah, it was in, in, you know, if you go to our Twitter feed, you can actually see a photo of us. Uh, this, this guy, un- unbeknownst to me until I read a Deadspin article today. Uh, this guy uh, posted a Twitter feed of just how crazy this line was, and about ten seconds of the video, I like I paused and said, "I think that's me," 
Uh, I think I'm in this clip. And you look over and you see two sullen figures uh, talking quietly in this huge line. And uh, that is uh, Brandon and Josh at the 10-second mark. (laughs) I don't know if we were talking so much as I was trying to talk to you and you were so sort of mentally entrenched in the uh, disorder. Um, I can't. Yeah, I really am. An, I'm you, an you're hard, you're, it's hard for you to focus in situations like that. It, it is. And you knew you knew that you, you, you tried your best. To be oh, sure. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, and I was it, also I was engrossed, too, because the uh, Michigan State was playing the Big Ten championship final. And uh, I really like it was a very close game. And so I was sort of the line was stressing me out. And there were like two minutes left in that game, which I was you know, tracking your phone, like tracking a game on your phone with one of those ESPN trackers, is just the most stressful thing. It really you is. I'm like, I'm like, Josh, who has the ball? Do you know who has the ball? You're like, I have no idea. I, it looks like there was a foul. I don't know what team it was on. <laughs> so as you can tell, we were basically drowning in sports the entire weekend. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, there were there were almost no Premier League games. There were, there were five games this weekend. Uh, although, surprisingly, scores were reasonably high. I mean, it was kind of... It was a game week where you either prepared for it or you didn't. Either either you were taking the game seriously enough at this point in the season that you were able to get at least 10 players, if not a full allotment, or or you just kind of punted and had and we saw it in our in our mini league um which it's just a little easier to trace because there are only 18 teams in that mini league and uh it's not quite as competitive as the Hail Shooter Super League. Um, right. You saw these these crazy scores where some people were at sixty five and others were at like seven. You know? There was like, there was one guy, um, Andrew Usyk. If you're out there listening, uh, prob- probably not. I don't know. He he had zero points at the end of Saturday. <laughs> it was it was unprecedented. <laughs> so not, just not, even the, not even the ghostiest of ghost teams had zero at the end of day one. <laughs> it was just a strange week. I finished with uh, sixty two points, which. Uh, I'm reasonably happy with it's. It's above even the average for the top 1K. I think the average for the top 1K was around 56 points. Yeah. Um, I got a nice contribution from Russell Martin, somewhat inexplicably, who picked up. Unreal. I remember us talking last week about uh, you starting Russell Ma- Martin just out of necessity of field, to field a full squad, and it almost pushed you uh, over the top with our head to head. I kind of fought myself on that one a little bit. Uh, all week long, I'd planned to uh, drop Chris Molling and bring in Vincent Company. Straight, easy move. So simple. Right. Uh, and then just the more I thought about that, the more I thought, well, you know, Norwich at home, they could score a goal. Uh, why am I going with a 3-3-4 three, three, uh, formation? You know, three three forwards, three defenders, or three, three forwards, three midfielders, four defenders, uh, when I could just have a 3-4-3 three, three and have, you know, 11 starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I draw, you know, the logic was okay. Uh, but you know, so I, I dropped Pyatt and I brought in uh, Christian Erickson. Um, and it wasn't just in a vacuum, you know, I mean, cause Erickson is at home to Bournemouth the next week. And so, you know, it could work out long-term. And but, Spurs uh, are playing against Villa, the crappiest team in all the land. Exactly. So, but even then I should, I really probably should have just brought in a, a defender. So I kind of, I, I just outthought myself a little bit there. Um, and so, you know, I, I, 62 points, I kind of wish I'd done a little bit better. How about you? Yeah, well, all of our, uh, all of our naysaying about the Manchester City midfield last week, I went back on that and I ended up bringing in David Silva. And I was stunned when you brought in Silva. <laughs> I mean, you straight up said don't bring in David Silva on last week's podcast. Yeah, I mean, like you, I, I totally overthought it. And I also, <laughs> well, 
I wouldn't even say I overthought it. I just totally succumbed to groupthink on uh-huh. this one. Mm-hmm. I had I had Harry Kane, and hindsight, of course, as we all know, is twenty twenty. But I had Harry Kane captained up until the moment I went to bed on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And for us in the states, that's that's like the decision deadline, right? And and because you just, just never saw, know if you'll wake up early enough. It's true, and I ended up captaining an Aguero instead. But I used my two free transfers. Wait, so you went to bed with Kane? Did you wake up in the middle of the night, or were you like lying in bed just <laughs> thinking about thinking about the game week, and you just you just couldn't do it? Let me paint a picture for you, Josh. So okay. I'm getting ready for bed. I've got the the side table light on next to my pillow. Had you been uh, drinking <laughs> heavily? <laughs> My wife was actually out of town, so I, I had, uh, was coming off of a five-hour binge of drinking beer and playing Star Wars Battlefront on my PlayStation. Okay. So I, I'm moseying up to bed, and you know, I take, take my pills, throw, throw back some water. Um, mm-hmm. Right before I turn off my bedside light, I'm like, Captain Aguero. Uh, rub my hands together, job done. Good night, there, see you in the morning. You can, I, I mean, I kept an Aguero too, and you, you can get into a lot of ex post facto thinking about this. You know, like, oh, you know, Aguero, why would you do that? That's, that's, that's the conventional, you know, like the, you know, Harry Kane away at Aston Villa. I mean, Norwich have like arguably the worst defense in the league. <laughs> Sergio Aguero was arguably the best player in the Premier League. Um, yeah. He had just come off a game where he scored two goals. Yeah. Um, it just there was a lot of the the, the you know the the rat you can't you can't get mad at yourself when you know the, these guys they don't, they don't score every match even the best players don't score every match and you know um, it was disappointing because they didn't even really see like it wasn't like they had Norwich on the back foot the whole match I mean Norwich was as likely to score as Man, um, Man City in this game yeah there was there was approximately zero cutting edge with that City team. Yeah, Patrick Bamford almost uh, almost won that game for him. That, that would have rocked my world. It wiped out my Joe Hart clean sheet. So my other transfer was uh, bringing Gilfie Sigurdsson in because I had two frees. So I kind of decimated my midfield in the process, dropping Ozil and Payet. So we'll see how that bears out. I'm not terribly concerned about losing those two guys because, I mean, we can look at the fixtures for Arsenal and West Ham coming up. But, yeah, in the end, I end up with 66 points. Uh, altogether yeah, well, pretty pleased with that. And you know you are wild carding sometime in the next couple of weeks, so it's yeah, not, so, it's, yeah, not exactly. it's not too dire. It's uh, not too right. Eric dire. <laughs> so uh, we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, it's after after Leicester's one nothing win, so we don't actually have any any information on the Hail Cheaters Super League uh, to share right now. Uh, although you wanted to note a couple things, Brandon, I see from our from your show notes here. I did, I did, because it's kind of a weird week with five matches. I was just curious to see what the top ten managers in the Hail Cheaters Super League were up to, the decisions they were making, and William C. Team name three at the bag immediately jumped out. He actually had the um, the foresight to Captain Harry Kane. He ends up finishing with a whopping 87 points. So we'll see how far that pushes William C. up the Hail Cheaters rankings. And then Gare Meld also put his faith in the Spurs squad, and he captained Ali. I which, love that. I love that move. See, this is why these guys are in the top 10. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, what, but that's you two, and I are two, two of I, our top 10. Uh, the rest of them all captained Aguero. So yeah, like like you say, Josh. Well, as soon as the the tables update, we're going to post that on social media and make sure everybody gets their their true and pop and proper due. Uh, so we can't really talk too. So just to like throw it out there right at the start, there's not a lot we can say still about the double game weeks. We've covered them 
a little bit in in earlier podcasts, and you know, they still haven't been announced. Um, it's going to be a strange. We've never seen. Okay, so just really starting with game week thirty, we are really in uncharted territory from a fantasy perspective uh, because we've never. Most people have still have their. At least people who are still listening to this podcast. Uh, most of them still have, as we actually found out from our poll recently, uh, most people have still not used uh, their second half wild card. Uh, we've never had chips before. Uh, we've never had a game week. As, as far as I can recall, I've never, I can't remember a single game week where you only had five games, right? I mean, in the f- five years of playing the I, fantasy, I can't league, recall I cannot, it. I can't recall it either. Yeah. Um, so there are just tons of, of games left. There, there are 10 matches that still need to be rescheduled. Um, there's this website or a, a Twitter feed, uh, Fantasy Footy 24-7, that, can, that posted a really nice uh, kind of breakdown of all the matches that still need to be played. Um, but just to break down the teams, there's um, Everton have uh, three matches to play. Um, that, is just, that is to say three matches to make up. Um, Liverpool, is West, <laughs> it is incredible. Uh, Liverpool, West Ham, Watford, Man United, and Crystal Palace all have two each. Um, and uh, and then Man City, Newcastle, Chelsea, Sunderland, Arsenal, West Brom, and Norwich uh, have games to make up too. So that is that is just a huge. I mean, how many? That's you know three, six, nine. That's thirteen out of twenty teams that have double game week still to come. What are the so odds of the, those all being played in Game Week 38, Josh? Yeah. Uh, we talked about this before the podcast. I, I, has that ever happened? I, <laughs> I can't imagine that you would have the final, you know, all the matches are on at 10 o'clock, you know, or 3 p.m. in, in the U.K. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, there's no way that you would play all of those matches then have like three matches scheduled for the following Tuesday. Yeah, then have a Crystal Palace Everton game. Yeah, there's just, there's just no way. <laughs> just to round it out. <laughs> that is my fantasy, though. It really is a game changer. It goes to show you, and I think we saw this like we were saying about all the blanks and ghost teams being exposed in this really slim game week. With all of these uh, fixtures still on the table, our overall rankings are going to wildly change over the course of the next eight game weeks. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, just like despite having a very miserable season, I'm actually up about 500,000 spots just in the last two game weeks alone. Uh, I have some I have some pretty incredible news. I actually just broke the top 10,000. All right. Is that uh, top 10,000? Uh, in in USA. Oh, well you kind of buried the lead there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <yeah. laughs> I I'm 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 hovering around the 2 the 200,000 marker right now overall. But yeah, uh, when it comes to the USA, I'm top 10,000 all the way. Well, that's not that's not too bad. All right. Well, I I'm I'm happy for you, Brandon. Uh maybe you'll <laughs> crack the top 8,000, you know, in the next couple weeks. <laughs> all right. So, shall we just recap um because there were so few fixtures, we can just go ahead and run through the scores of all the games that actually happened in, in Game Week 30. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, the, honestly, there's, there's not too much to talk about with these fixtures, so we won't spend too long on them. Outside of maybe um, Spurs-Aston Villa, which is kind of an interesting match. Uh, okay, uh, first match, uh, Norwich-Man City. Uh, Norwich just wanted they they wanted it more. I mean, I know yeah. they didn't win, but um, yeah, it's pretty heroic performance. And um, there was a moment. I don't know uh, if you watched the full match from maybe the 30th minute to the 45th. I did. Yeah, uh, where Norwich really looked like the better team. I mean, they're really, really you know playing hard. Um, you know, had Man City in the back foot. You know, Bamford almost scores. Um, and uh, in that moment, I thought, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to score in this game. Yeah, and you could feel the the Norwich home crowd really getting behind them and recognizing that they were giving it their all. I, I probably won't work out for them by the end of the season, but um, 
And it totally exposed Man City's lack of desire, which has sort of plagued their whole season. I know. And it you know, really is over for them right now. I mean, I, I think that they're now, um, you know, they're, so they, they have a game in hand on Leicester, but they're, they're, they're 12 points off. So even if, they, even if they make up that game in hand, they're nine points back up Leicester. Uh, and I just don't know that they can make up nine points in the last uh, eight game weeks. So here's where the psychoanalysis begins. Now that Man City, the only thing they really have to play for is to hold the line in the top four. How? Well, hey, they, I mean, they they actually have a champions, a pretty big Champions League match today. Uh, yeah, I, it's true, and it looks like they'll go through. So that's their main focus. So then, how are we feeling about the likes of Sergio Aguero or those of us who brought in David Silva? Are they going? Are we going to be able to get any points out of them for the rest of the season, or are they just going to be the sleepwalking team that we've we've seen? I really don't know, Brandon. <laughs> I need an answer. I need you to pretend. I need to know what transfer I need to make. You know, we were just talking about the teams that have double game weeks. You know, so Man City actually only have one double game week. So, you know, I really wonder if at some point, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, the Vardy to Lukaku move, you know, dropping Vardy and bringing in Lukaku. Uh, the better move might be to drop Aguero and uh, and bring in um, Lukaku. It's still to be determined what game week you'd want to do that. But I think long term, that might be the, the right move. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, even though Vardy is going through a considerable drought right now, you do think that that Leicester team has a lot more fight. They have so much more to play for within the league, to be clear about that, right. that you'd think Vardy stands to score more goals in the next eight game weeks than Aguero. So we don't think that there'll be double game weeks in game weeks 31 or 32. And that actually serves Everton pretty well because they have um, Arsenal at home, Man United away. So fine. You don't, you don't really want... The Everton players for those two matches, uh, but um, after that, um, the you know the fixtures really you know they really loosen up and they have uh, Watford, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Norwich in the final day of the season. So you can really you can really ride out Everton the rest of the season. So that'll be the question that plagues us: is up to game week thirty three, who is the striker between Vardy, Kane, and Aguero that we drop? I'm, I'm just sort of hoping that somebody twangs their hamstring. And makes that decision for us because it, it seems like a pretty difficult decision right now. It is a difficult decision. I mean, you know, Harry Kane, who seems like he hasn't done as well as last season, uh, has now tied Jamie Vardy for the most goals on the on the season. And they have nineteen apiece. Yeah, they are both on nineteen, and I mean, I'm kind of shocked that Harry Kane didn't overtake him. And I, I guess I'm also shocked that Vardy didn't score. Because I promised all the cheaters out there free tacos if if you didn't <laughs> score against Newcastle. So yeah. between that and my three nil prediction, uh, Spurs beating Villa, I am accepting all of your taco orders on Twitter. So just tell me <laughs> if you you want sour cream, if you want guacamole, if you want carnitas or 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 brisket, whatever you want. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. That's nice of you. So Man City Norwich, uh, I don't think there's anything really to say about Norwich uh, here. I mean, they they play you know not from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Certainly, Aguero, a lot of people a lot of people might have lucked into a few clean sheets given they were playing a lot of their bench. Yeah, Brian Bennett. If anybody Martin. still has Norwich, I mean, it's insane that I still have a Norwich player. I mean, no one should have a Norwich player. Uh, <laughs> Shame you know, on you. Outside of Dan Mercy Mbakani, I mean, he's the one. He's the one must own player. Uh, but you know, him aside. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the midfield, it's just, for, you know, so Man City, you know, we talked about Aguero at the beginning of the podcast. Um, it was not unreasonable to captain him for this match, but, you know, another disappointing game week from him. I mean, it's it's like you, you, 
he just trades. You know, he's not consistent at all this year. I mean, we're not we're not looking at a at a Luis Suarez in twenty fourteen kind of season. It's just you no. know any you know he has matches where he just he's completely off the ball. You know and. I don't know. I mean, you know, I think he. I think he's not helped by how decimated that city midfield is right now. I mean, Jesus Navas isn't the guy that's going to be, uh, yeah, serving serving up assists. It's it's I, all I down not, to Silva. I, I mean, Aguero is de- is definitely a droppable player at this point. I think um, it's just I, you know. I mean, I don't I don't plan to do it this game week, but uh, I don't see. I do not think of him as a must own player anymore. It's just such a scary thought. I mean, we he's he is the best striker on paper in the league, and it's like me before I go to bed. I'm like, well, I should just captain Aguero because I'm scared of what he he yeah. might do on any given just, day. So in the last, I I, I mean, I, I I totally hear you. I I feel exactly. I mean, that's why I captained him. I felt the same way. But you know, in the last uh, six game weeks, he's you know five points, six points, two points, two points, eleven points, two points. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that includes a missed penalty. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, that's not, that's not, that's just not that great, you know, in terms of performance. I mean, Romelu Lukaku has performed better over the last six weeks. Yeah, and he blanked. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't score. <laughs> he didn't even play this week. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next fixture. That brings us to the second match, Brandon. Bournemouth-Swansea, Bournemouth win 3-2. Uh, once again, a combination of completely random players scores the goals for Bournemouth. <laughs> Charlie yeah. Daniels, the the absolute star, like the one must-have player in this team, finishes with uh, one point in this match. Which is very satisfying for us as non-Daniels owners. He's, he's become a super divisive FPL figure, I think, and that the owners that have him are just crushing it, and the owners that don't. Uh, are just very bitter about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not divisive in the sense that like some people think he's good and some people think he's bad. Divisive <laughs> yeah. in the sense that like we're all really stressed out that we don't have him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Leighton Baines esque. The four point three million defender Steve Cook scores his second goal in three matches. Uh, it's just incredible. I mean, it, I wonder if there's a defender that hasn't scored on this team this year. Uh, I I, Adam, sincer- I I sincerely doubt it. Adam Smith has two goals. Steve Cook has three goals. Charlie Daniels has like. Th- 30 goals. Uh, well, okay, he's got three goals and five assists, but it feels like 30. What about Simon Francis? Uh, Simon Francis, good question. And remember, no goals but two assists for him. Do you remember when, go, Simon, Simon. when Simon Francis was the go-to player on this team too? Yeah, I remember starting game week one with Simon Francis. Never, yeah. never laid eyes on the man. No, no, on no, team. no goals but two assists and eight bonus points in the season. So, you know, pretty bad. Pretty, pretty solid for a 4.1 million defender. Yeah, and they must be pleased to have Max Gradle back. So he looks like he'll be a fixture in their midfield for sure going forward. And, you know, he looked good for a guy coming in after a, a ligament injury. But yeah, he, be, he must be, you must be pretty bummed about your, the nine-point king. Ashley yeah, Williams. I was pretty bummed, and you know, I basically was waiting for. Uh, I needed a Williams goal to uh, to reverse my fortunes, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was too much to ask. Uh, two goals, and and I guess it would have been three matches for for Williams. Um, but you know, that, that's all right. I got I got nine from Siggy, and so I felt pretty good about this match. Charlie Daniels put up, pulled up a one pointer, which I was pretty happy about, just from a overall rank perspective. Yeah. Uh, what do you so, think about this match? Well, I, I, I'm setting this up as your always cheating uh, punt of the week. I mean, it, you could treat it as a punt or you could treat it just as a solid uh, team management move. So Modu Barrow out on the right wing for Swansea looked really go- really great. 
he scored a fantastic goal cutting in Aaron Robin style. Mm-hmm. And there he is. He's he's a fixture now in the Swansea starting lineup and he's priced at four point three. So like me, I'm sure a lot of people are out there suffering with the uh, junior Stanislaus sitting injured on your bench. Mm-hmm. You know, that, collecting that dust, be, losing value. That had to be painful for you. Not I'm actually surprised you didn't just drop Stanislaw, I mean, and bring in like a some four million uh, midfielder. Yeah, instead of it, instead of Ozil, who you've had for all thirty weeks, I know it, and it, it does go a little bit against what we were saying last week about treating this really lean game week as uh, a time to sort of clean house and and set up your team for the coming weeks. And I just decided to go for it. Mm-hmm. And I dro- dropping Paya and Ozil could. I mean, there's no way I can get Ozil back now without totally you know disrupting. I mean, I have disrupted the foundation on my team just by getting rid of him. I think I lost point seven million in the process. Yeah, I mean that is stunning. I can't. I I, I was I was shocked when you dropped uh, Mesut Ozil. Well, I mean, let me let me just say this: uh, Ozil is dis- despite the ups and downs of Arsenal's season, Ozil has kind of been con- a consistent FPL player, and he's been great for my team. He's you know I attribute lots of my victories week in week out to an o- late Ozil assist and three BPS. Five but, goals, eighteen assists, thirty bonus points. Yeah, it's it, it's it's inarguable that he has been one of the best FPL players this season. But the state of that Arsenal team makes does make me worry about what sort of performances we're going to see from Ozil for the rest of the season going forward. And I don't know. I, I feel like it it could conceivably be the right time to look at other options. Okay. Uh, I think you're crazy. Uh, if I had Ozil at 8.5, I never would have done that. But, you know, maybe it'll work out. Maybe David Silva will really come through in the Manchester Derby, and you'll be, you'll be, you know. I'll be rolling. laughing. You'll be laughing. You can never look at a transfer in a vacuum. That's like the theme of the season. You know, any one game week is just not enough evidence to decide whether it was a good transfer or a bad transfer. It's true. I will be sweating it, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's reasonable. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, Stoke Southampton, Pele. You know, whatever. I mean, his ownership <laughs> has got to be like. I, let's let's pull it up here real quick. I, I think it's probably like sub sub. What do you, what do you think? If you had to take a wild uh, guess, what Pele's ownership was? I'm gonna guess actually ten percent, seven point three percent. Okay, so that's right. actually higher than I was expecting for somebody who has barely played. Well, I, mean, I just think that he he was hot. Early in the season, and imagining how many managers uh, dropped out of participation around right. the time that his his form was tailing off. So I suspect a lot of that ownership are ghost teams. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but yeah, like total total late season troll on Pele's part. I don't think anybody's buying it. Uh, I'm not buying it. I certainly wouldn't look at Pele as someone to bring in. Uh, and, that, and that second goal he scored was kind of ridiculous. It went through all those Stoke defenders and Butland yeah. uh, sort of tried to dive at it. It was a very strange <laughs> goal. I mean, uh, I guess as a keeper, it's hard for you to, to eye that ball coming through all those defenders. But still, it's, uh, it's kind of a garbage goal. It was amazing because I was actually when the when the day started, I was kind of kicking myself because I, I was going to bring in Butland for Schmeichel, and then I, I just kind of forgot to do it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, you, it's hard to remember what goalkeeper you have in your lineup. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's like I feel like when I look at my lineup, it's like I'm looking at my formation, I'm looking at the, you know, the midfield forwards, and sometimes you're yeah. like, 
you, you know, when you, when you set that team at the beginning of each game week, you just, you know, you, <laughs> for me, it usually takes like five seconds, right? It's like, I know, A, I'm yeah. going I'm to pick this guy or this guy, and then you, like, that, that's it. It's pretty uh, black and white. I think usually people on their team, they have their premier goalkeeper and their backup. Right. And for me, you know, I've done a rotation, especially the last 10 weeks or so with, with Schmeichel and Butland. And I just thought, well, OK, I, I think that um, I was a little worried about the, the new manager bump for Newcastle. I thought they might play better, which they did in this match, uh, in today's match. Um, and I thought, well, Butland, home to Southampton, they haven't scored a lot of goals on the road this year. Um, and uh, so then I woke up in the morning and I, I realized I forgot to do it. And I thought, ah, oh, I kind of missed my chance. And then uh, naturally, uh, Southampton scored. I think they scored like two goals. It was like in the first 30 minutes of the match or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a mistake that really paid off. Hey, and I promised the the Tadic game or the T, the Tadic prequel to the Tadic game, and in a way, it was the Tadic game in that he missed like uh, an open breakaway where he should have just slotted it in the goal, and he decided to Tadic it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was brought down for a penalty that wasn't called, so that was a remarkable Tadic moment. He did pick up a Giroud though. Uh, I, I now call a Giroud a five point game. Uh, because <laughs> good, that's, good, that's yeah. really Giroud's specialty now is to uh, not score but head one ball down to somebody at some point in the match, which they then score on. Yeah, that's kind of the form Vardy's on right now as well. Yeah, it's true. He's racking up a lot of Giroud's. <laughs> uh, like so Ar- Arnautovic scores, picks up nine points. Uh, a, a bit of a differential, perhaps. Um, his ownership is actually around 20%. So it. Yeah, he's not, he's not a huge differential. Um, I, I was really more in the Shakiri bandwagon. Uh, he yeah. was the player that I thought would bring it, and he actually only racked up one point in this match. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe it's Arnautovic, or maybe you just avoid both of them. Stoke <laughs> just, they, they, they just seem problematic. They're just, they're, they're in one week, out the next, and Arnautovic especially is just so mercurial. A great player. The weeks that he, that he does do something, you're really kicking yourself for not having him. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, exactly, and I think that the, the Stoke defense is uh, is problematic too. I, I you know I think it's just it's time to when when I finally do play my wild card, uh, whenever they announce these double game weeks, uh, I'm as much as I admired Butlin as a goalkeeper, I do not think he'll be on my team post wild card. But so speaking of defense, where are we with the Southampton defense? I mean, is the backlash happening? They're got four clean sheet wipeouts in a row after that epic six game run. Was it six or seven matches where they kept a clean sheet, and and now it's it's four wipeouts in a row. I I don't know that there are any better better options than Southampton right now. I don't th- I yeah I don't know that there really are either. I, I'm not I'm not looking to drop Van Dyke at the moment. Uh, I mean Liverpool at home is not a great fixture, but you could see a clean sheet there. Uh, Leicester yeah. away, it's possible. I mean that that could be a nil nil match. Uh, and then they play Newcastle and Aston Villa. So I, I'm not really I'm not thinking about dropping uh, Van Dyke. And Van Dyke uh, is a great goal fr- goal threat as well. So every every corner kick, it could be a Van Dyke time. Yeah, exactly. I actually almost, he could have scored on that first Pele goal. Yeah, uh, he was he was basically right behind Pele. Uh-huh. Yeah, Southampton, they'll, they'll be fine. Don't don't worry so much, Brandon, about Southampton. They're going to be they're going to be great. All right, I'll keep my anxiety in check. <laughs> Aston Villa Spurs two nothing win, two king goals, two Ellie assists. Spurs clean sheet. I mean, this is basically exactly what you would predict for this match. I, I think this is actually what we did predict for this match. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I guaranteed my my Taco Tuesday three three nil. So it's just one goal off of my prediction. But I certainly um, could have scored three. Okay, so uh, what I would say about this game is 
Um, I mean, Villa forced Spurs to work really hard for the first 30 minutes. I mean, actually for the first 45 minutes of this game. And it wasn't quite clear how it was going to go. But um, the other big fantasy takeaway is what the Spurs defense makes you sweat for 90 minutes. They're really good, but they're really good at making you making you sweat like a good CNC Music Factory song. This, <laughs> this Spurs, yeah, they are. <laughs> um, but when because uh, I had a Spurs defender and, and you didn't, so if I'm just looking at our head to head, when Rudy Gestead puts this rebound off the crossbar from like six yards out, and then Lescott does virtually the same thing moments later. Yeah, he was offside though. It's true. The flag did go up. Um, but they're, they're just strangely strange, strange that there are always these holes in the Spurs defense, but they get away with it. So game week 31, Aston Villa visits Swansea. Are you tempted to Captain Sigurdsson for this match? Uh, I, marginally. Um, and I think maybe I'm just biased. Um, me being but, a, a, a fearful FPL manager. Right. So, Midnight on Friday, you're going to go Aguero again. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to have the armband on Hooth for uh, a majority of the week, and then I'm just going to go uh, Aguero all the way. Yeah, I mean, Hooth, Hooth's head touches the ball on every single Leicester corner kick. It's, it's, a, it's a lock. It's a guarantee. He just, but the, his problem is, is he just puts his head up, and, it, and the ball more or less bounces off of his head, and it just sort right. of depends on which direction it goes. Uh, but I don't I, I mean, Sigurdsson's form is incredible, and I mean, it's just my own bias that I don't think of him as a blockbuster player, but his form right now and that finish he had in the Bournemouth game was sensational. So, I mean, there's there's an easy case to be made. Uh, the last thing I want to say about this match is uh, Bafatimbi Gomis had a wonderful moment, I don't know if you saw it, uh, where he had a, a goal-saving tackle uh, against his own team. There was a ball that was <laughs> yeah. like rolling into the net and Gomi slid and basically knocked it out. Uh, it was insane. It was, I, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. It's like, he's so determined not to score that it's now affecting other people. He doesn't want anyone to score. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. If, if Gomi's don't score, nobody score. He scored four matches in a row to start the season. And, has now scored one goal in the last 26 matches. Uh, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. Against the run of play against Manchester City, incredibly enough. <laughs> That's true. I know, which should have been an inspiring 1-1 draw. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it truly should have. All right, so let's, 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 okay, let's move on to the final fixture for the game week. Uh, Leicester-Newcastle, 1-0 uh, Leicester win. Um, fantastic overhead kick from Okazaki. <laughs> I, was, I was G-chatting you today. We were both at work following this game, and I G-chatted you that this was a great game week for Japanese players. Uh, Okazaki gets an overhead kick goal, and Maya Yoshida played 11 minutes for Southampton. <laughs> Uh, whenever anything good happens with Okazaki, I think of uh, I, I posted this vine like a month or two ago. Uh, it was during it was during the I think it was the Leicester Spurs FA Cup match, and for whatever reason, uh, my TV it was it was like the the picture was really grainy; it just wasn't coming through, um, or maybe the, maybe the the reception spot. I can't remember what the issue was, but I uh, so I ended up watching the match on uh, Spanish language television. 
Okay. And uh, I don't really speak any Spanish, uh, although, despite <laughs> taking like three years of it in school. Uh, and um, he scored this amazing goal. This is the this is the first this is the you know there was, it, there was a replayed match, but they he scored the first goal in this match. Um, and it was like he like weaved through players. It was an amazing goal. It was like a messy ass goal. And uh, the only thing I could make out in the from the commentator was I uh, he just kept saying his name again. Like, Okazaki, Okazaki, Okazaki. <laughs> So anytime, anytime anything good happens for Ogazaki, I just think of this announcer just saying his name. Um, awesome, yeah, awesome. Yeah, he yeah. he he is just another player that embodies why me and everybody else loves Leicester City. Truly, just, just like awesome, happy, good, I mean, fun. I mean, this is why they're going to win the title because they're getting they're winning games where they play poorly on overhead kicks from their like. <laughs> Fifth best player or whatever, you know, it's just if that eighth best player, probably uh, it's it's incredible. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. So the Lester defense is uh, still on a roll. Josh. Absolute must own. You absolutely need a Lester defender on your team. So I've owned Huth since forever, and he's been a fun player to own, except for every time he scores a goal, he's on my bench. But um it's kind of a it's kind of a weird BPS system right now where I think it's kind of difficult to tell whether a central defender or um, a left or right back is going to be on for the bonus. And it seems like in general you're better off with uh, left and right backs. Uh, yeah. The issue I think the only the issue is that uh, left and right backs tend to be uh, tend to be at a higher risk of rotation. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're looking at the most recent bonus points when Lester keeps a clean sheet, Fuchs and Simpson um, are locked in. Simpson got three bonus points today, and he's among the cheaper options. So it it's like if you are not on the Lester defense bandwagon yet, Danny Simpson seems to be your guy. Yeah, or or Christian Fuchs. Uh, you know, I think either one really. Okay, so you know, I was I was about to say that you know left and right backs are more prone to rotation, but they're not more prone to rotation on. On teams that don't have a lot of squad depth, right. so you know, in a case like that, I think you're much better off. Um, interestingly enough, Swansea is, is is an exception to this, and the reason I brought in Ashley Williams instead of one of the one of their left right backs is because they um, it's not clear who's going to start for left and right back for Swansea. Like, there's been right. a lot of rotation there, or more, maybe probably more like injuries than rotation. Uh, but yeah, I think in general, I mean, this Leicester team. I mean, I think that Fuchs has started probably the last. Well, yeah, I think he started. He started the last twenty-two matches in a row. I wonder, you know, Danny Simpson obviously had that red card, but outside of that, he scored. Yeah, you know, yeah, same thing with him. Actually, it's interesting, you know. So uh, Fuchs and Simpson uh, both didn't start a match until the eighth match of the season, uh, and both of them started every match since then. Yeah. So now, now we're at the like anti Tinkerman stage of the season, where Ranieri is going to stick with what's working and, and right. sort of ride it out. But it's interesting when that happened because it came on the heels of a 2-2 draw to Stoke and that 5-2 loss to Arsenal. So if Arsenal does not defeat Leicester 5-2, maybe they don't make these two changes that solidify their defense and, oh my and, and, go on, and go on this run to the title. It's wow, entirely this, possible. I, I'm like reading the dead zone right now. <laughs> I think that Arsenal paved the way for Leicester's title run. Oh, those idiots! They they shot them shot themselves in the foot yet again. Yep, Sanchez just had to get greedy and score a hat trick <laughs> in that match. All right, Josh, I have this note here. Tell me what you think. The Vardy Ultimatum, the new Robert Ludlum novel. Mm-hmm. So the ultimatum is um, 
All right, it's not really an ultimatum. It's just a, <laughs> it's a quandary. It's a very quandary. Uh-huh. I mean, is is this gold drought of his reason enough to to make that Lukaku move? Uh, okay, basically, so- basically, I'm asking you, how much faith do you have in Jamie Vardy right now? Short term, not necessarily. Long term, yes. Okay. Uh, you know, I think that uh, long term you're going to wild card, and so it's. You know, I, I okay. So let, let, let's take. We talked about Everton a little bit at the start of the podcast. So Leicester, uh, they have eight matches left. There are no, um, there are no double game weeks. They're not going to miss any matches. There, there's eight games straight up. That's how it is the rest of the season. Right. So they play. Uh, it's Crystal Palace away, Southampton at home, Sunderland away, West Ham home, Swansea home in the next five. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about all five of those matches. I do as well. I feel uh, very good about that. I mean, I just think if I if I were desperate to bring in uh, Lukaku, I think I, I just think I'd be looking at Aguero. Yeah, uh, especially because well, right. because you know, if Man City win their Champions League match, you know they they know they're not going to win the. I mean, we talked about the, you know this a little bit earlier, but you know they know they're not going to win the league this year. It's just it's just not it's very unlikely that it's going to happen. Right. Um, you know they they maybe have a. I mean, honestly, you know, unless unless Kevin De Bruyne comes back, then they don't really have a chance to win the Champions League either. But at least they have a chance for a deep run there. You know, maybe with a good draw, they make they can make the semifinals. Yeah. Um, I mean, anything can happen. You know, I mean, Chelsea won the Champions League, uh, you know, four years ago, kind of uh-huh. uh, inexplicably, and that was, you know, with a, with a red card in one match. I mean, so you never know. So I, I think that you know, given all that, there's a good chance that Aguero doesn't play some of these matches down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, far out, man. I I think I'm with you, and I I would I'd be scared. I'd be more scared to drop Vardy than Aguero right now. I mean, and this is just coming off of game week 30. Sure. Uh, you know, Kane is one you might want to look at, too. Uh, you know, after the Bournemouth match, he's, um, you know, they're away to Liverpool. They play Man United, away to Stoke, um, and they're away to Chelsea a couple weeks after that. So it's not a great run in for Kane. Um, and so I think you could you could look at a dropping him. The only problem is uh, he might be fixture proof right now because he's in such good form. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's just not enough spots. Maybe maybe, that, maybe that's the FPL's change next year is to add a fourth striker spot. Hey, if they're going to learn a le- any lessons from MLS fantasy, which <laughs> I, I really don't recommend they learn any because uh, it's kind, okay. of a, kind of a crappy game, but they have they allow four strikers. So we're 30 weeks into the season now. I mean, what do you think about these chips? I, I don't know that I like them. I, I, I just I mean, like it, it adds a little excitement because you feel like there's there's still like a little something to play for. Um, but it just seems so screwy to me. Like it doesn't feel like. It makes the whole thing seem so up in the air, you know, like what's going to happen. Yeah, I think they would be cooler if there was more an incentive to play them more evenly throughout the season. But the fact right. that everybody's sitting on all their chips, it, yeah, it, I don't know, it, it just it, it creates a weird vibe, a weird gamey vibe. I agree. And it makes it feel like because, uh, you know, you have a lot of teams in the top 10K that have actually you know played uh, like their triple captain chip or played their. You know their their bench boost already, and you know it's almost like all like a, a number of managers have been like sitting there with like a game in hand. You know, I suppose. I, mean, I suppose had we seen some double game weeks earlier in the season, maybe more people would have played these chips, and then I'd feel differently. But the the fact that everyone who's still playing the game has them, I just it just fills me with a little bit of anxiety. I mean, it's going to be wild. You know, if you know if, if Lukaku scores like five goals in a double game week, and you triple captain him that game week, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah, going to go straight to number one. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. 
Um, and, you know, it's not going to be that bad for some of these managers. They, they can still, you know, but let's say like it's, you know, it's a game week where, you know, Man City and Everton have double game weeks. And, you know, you're, and like Everton's fixtures are slightly better, but, you know, you just you just want to captain Aguero. You know, Aguero goes down with an injury in the eighth minute of the double game week and Lukaku scores five goals and picks up six bonus points and, you know, four points for starting two matches. And, and you could score like... You know, well, what is that? Let's see, 20, 24, let's say he gets three points in each, so that'd be 30, triple, that'd be 90. I mean, you know, you could score 90 points and someone else could get two <laughs> points for Aguero if it goes down in the, in the second minute or, you know, the eighth minute or whatever. I mean, it would, it would, you, I mean, you could jump hundreds of thousands, even if you were in the top like 200K, you could jump super <laughs> high. So it, it really is fascinating. I mean, I'm really, uh, I so feel like could, 10, 10 years from now, we're going to replay this episode and we're going to be like, um, those, the kids who first discover the internet, like, Oh, this is, <laughs> it's a real game changer. Not quite sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I will say now that I'm talking about it, it actually makes me more excited because it does offer the opportunity. I mean, even for someone like me who's had a you know, pretty bad season, and you know, I really haven't been in the running for, for even like third place in our mini league. I mean, that's how bad things have gone. You know, I mean, the uh, you know, if I pick a differential double game week guy and I triple captain him, and he racks up huge points, then you know, I could leapfrog you know half the league. Right, which is huge, and and that's the fun. But I think this is the problem: is we we've been talking about these chips for six months now yeah and nobody's even played a bench boost uh or or a triple captain like none of the top managers have done that so these are chips that we've known have existed we've talked about for six months but we don't even know what it's like to play one ever i know it's it's really it's it's strange and i don't know what the solution is if it's to um you know like have first half chips and second half chips or Force oh, you I like to use that one. idea. I like yeah, that idea. Or, or force you to use one by the twentieth week, or you forfeit it. I don't know. There's you know, there's some. I think they're they're going to keep tinkering with it. I think because it's not if if you could invent if you could invent one chip, what what kind of chip would you invent? Because I know what I would invent. That that chip has already been invented, Brandon. That's a Doritos uh, tortilla chip. It's uh, <laughs> it's the perfect chip. It's uh, it's salty. Uh, it's got a little bit of flavor, but not too much. Like it doesn't overwhelm you. Um, it's, it's like a cool like a like cool a cool ranch is too much. No, yeah, the I, it's the red bag of Doritos that I really prefer, not the not the cool ranch Doritos. So Doritos is really missing out on a big sponsorship deal. Like they should be sponsoring <laughs> the FPL chips. chips. <laughs> they really are, or even like French fries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Fish and chips. I yeah. want to see uh, a chip next year, which allows you to bring in one player from your bench after the game week is in progress. That's yeah. Oh, so like, can the mat, can the game week be over or is it, um, like, I think once like while the, while it's being I think, played? I think it's like, it's like, um, it's like when the game updates. So the question is, I, I, I wonder, you know, so the thing about the, the, the people who are designing the fantasy Premier League game, I, I, I don't think they're worried about us. Like, I don't think that the serious players are who they're concerned about. I think uh-huh. that it's the, it's the players who are, who don't care as much about the game, who tend not to to be fully engaged all 38 weeks, who, 
kind of want to set it and forget it most of the time. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we have people like that in our league, and and it's fine. Like, it's just not – they just don't care quite as much. And there's nothing – you know, there's, there's no like <laughs> – They're living wonderfully fulfilled lives <laughs> elsewhere. Sure. Or at least or they just have other things that, that they're more obsessive about or whatever. It's fine. Uh, but I think for them, that, that would be asking too much to be like, you've got to watch these matches and you've got to – and I think anything that they – any changes they make will be changes that are done before the game week starts. Right. Because uh, – or maybe it can be done after all of the game weeks. After they're totally completed, you have 24 hours or something like that to, to bring in a new – I don't know. Even that doesn't seem like something they'd actually do because – I mean eventually they will get servers that are powerful enough for them to update this stuff right away, right? <laughs> I mean it's insane. Like, it is insane. You go to like Fantasy Football Fix, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well this is like the average for the top one thousand. This is, you know, this is what your final score is going to be for the game week." I mean, you know, like we already know all this stuff. Like, why does it take them so long to churn through this data? I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's probably a, a coal powered uh, server. Uh, all right, so, but before I, we before okay. we leave this Leicester Newcastle game, I wanted to ask you real quick. Are we Josh. still on this match? <laughs> yeah, we're still. Well, that was like twenty minutes ago. We're kings of the sidetrack today. Anybody on this Newcastle team impress you now that Rafa Benitez is in charge? No. Yeah, it's a pretty easy question. <laughs> uh, you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Twitter, okay. Facebook questions. Right on, let's do it. What do let's we got? Let's do it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Al Magico asks... Would you invest in the Man City defense, or are the recent clean sheets just a reflection of bad opposition in the last two games? Uh, I mean, the uh, I think you could invest in Man City defense. The problem is uh, you can basically only invest in their center backs because it's very unclear who their um, who their starting fullbacks are going to be. Yeah, you see people who ride in Bakare Sanya or Kolarov, and and one week they're golden, and then the next week they're truly suffering, but. Watching the um, Norwich game, the commentator described Vincent Company as imperious, <laughs> and I, th- I thought that was a, a great descriptor because he he does look like back to his old form, old yeah, I love his that. old old good form. Imperious is a great word. It sounds like like Drago and Rocky Four. That's like my definition of uh, imperious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in in four of the next five game weeks, they've got great fixtures. Um, even six, if you want to include Southampton away, uh, home to Man United, away to Bournemouth, home to West Brom, away to Chelsea, home to Stoke. Uh, and they can keep clean sheets in four to five of those games. Yeah, I I agree, and certainly if you still have City defense, keep it and ride it out. Um, well, if you have, yeah, if you have the, yeah, it just depends. I mean, I think that at this point, Kolarov is, uh, you just, you can't own him. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. If you have a guaranteed start, though, Oda Mende is kind of a weird, he, he seems to be a, a nailed on starter. He's overpriced. Um, he is overpriced. So Vincent Company or Joe Hart seem to be your only options. Yeah, and, uh, and Hart's not that expensive at 5.7. I mean, I think he's, he's been more expensive in the past. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, think I, I think yeah, company if you can afford if you can afford him, company at 6.3. Uh if you can't afford company, I don't think I would bring anyone else in. Uh even Bakary Sanya who started the last two game weeks, I'm still a little little nervous about. I mean, they brought him out in the 84th minute, you know, it's just not I don't know, I'd be nervous to humiliate like, him in front of everybody. I'm sure that was the purpose. You just never want to bring in a defender where you're kind of like wringing your hands in the minutes before the lineups announced to yeah. see if they're actually going to play that game week. You know, I mean, no one wants that that kind of. It's just not. It's not worth the transfer. 
okay, so next question comes from uh, Siraj Grish. Hey, Siraj. Uh, he asks, what Let are your thoughts? What, <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Everton players, considering the fact that they have three double game week fixtures left to play? So uh, we talked about well, we talked about them having these fixtures. We talked about Lukaku quite a bit. Uh, obviously, with all these double game weeks to play, you're going to need a minimum two, probably three Everton players. And that gets a little tricky, to be honest, because... It's the uh, old chestnut. I feel like we didn't really know what to do with Everton when they were actually playing games. It's, I mean, Ross Barkley, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to have him for that 16-point explosion, you know, but that happened with Lukaku out of the game. And, yeah, he, you know, was big, he had two penalties, right? That's how yeah. he got the... And, and wrapped around that are one, two, three, four, five, six. So he had eight fixtures with no, uh, with no goals or assists wrapped around this... Or, you know, wrapped around this 16-point um, haul uh, at home to Newcastle, which is, like, not even that much of a shocker, right? Like, home to Newcastle. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is he's been scoring in other, like, he's been scoring in the FA Cup and the League Cup. So it's not like he is, um, he has been scoring. It just hasn't come, it hasn't really happened in the in the League for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but we know he's capable of it. So I think that Ross Barkley is the other player that I would certainly be expecting to bring in. Yeah. What happened um, to Gerard de la Feu? The guy dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, I really did. Uh, I don't really know because he, he was so dangerous for a while there, too. Yeah, I guess Aaron Lennon is is kind of on form or something like that. And he's been getting the starts instead of de la Feu, I think, out there yeah. on the right. But, uh, okay, so one thing I want to say about Everton real quick is mm-hmm. uh, we know Tim Howard is not starting anymore. He lost his spot to Robles. So I follow Tim Howard on Twitter, and I see today he's he's posted a picture of himself, shirtless, wearing sunglasses, sitting in the sunshine, and he says, who needs the locks? Referring to his hair, obviously, when you've got your <laughs> tattoos. And he's got all his tattoos there. And then he adds Axe body spray. Hmm. So is, it, is that like an is that an ad? Is that like a is that like one of those paid advertorial things? I I'm assuming Axe is sponsoring his tatted up body, but I'm like what a what a That's what weird. a weird move for for Tim Howard the goalkeeper to be to be repping Axe body spray. Oh, and then it's the hashtag find your magic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's clearly some sort of. Yeah. They paid him like ten thousand dollars to do that yeah, or something. So I'm kind of grossed out by Tim Howard right now, even though even though yeah. we'll always have Belgium. Uh, so they have all these double game weeks coming up. Uh, they're actually, I think they're away in all three of those game weeks, so they have to make up. It's uh, they're they're away to Liverpool, um, away to Sunderland, away to Crystal Palace. Um, now Sunderland and Crystal Palace are not uh, our teams. They could could keep clean sheets against, but um, certainly wouldn't be surprised if they conceded goals in both those matches. So I guess if I were tripling up on Everton, you would have to go. Uh, you have to go with two midfielders, and yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Aaron Lennon. Although, is he going to play game week? You know, he's going to play week in and week out. I mean, he's actually scored in four of the last five matches. He's probably actually a little <laughs> underrated as a as a as an option. I mean, he's only five point six million. Yeah, I mean, I I guess even though Everton can't really keep a clean sheet to save their lives, they might be able to. And a defender during a double game week can can actually be a great route to big returns. I rode Patrick Patrick Van Enhalt to my league win last year. Yeah, there you go. And uh, Funes Moray, you know, he's proven really adept uh, scoring on corner kicks, and he's a lock back there in central defense. So um, he he might be an option if you're if you're only if you're tripling up, right? 
Yeah, and again, it just feels it all feels very up in the air still because we just we just don't know when the double game weeks are going to come, uh, and that's such a huge factor. I mean, if they, well, it, you know, so we'll we'll see. It's it's still it's still up in the air. I think. Um, uh, I guess I mean, the question the question with Phoenix is what. So I, I guess going back to Phoenix more is John Stones is coming back from injury. Is he? I have no idea if they're going to be able to slot him back into the lineup. That screws up my my Funes Mori's pick, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't really know. It's I, I I'm just scared of that. I, I had Seamus Coleman for ten weeks and it was completely miserable. Like like I, I got like one clean sheet out of eight matches or something like that, and it's an incredible run of fixtures. Uh, so I'm not feeling too hot about that Everton. You just never know with the Roberto Martinez team. Uh, so yeah, the point is, uh, we'll see, I uh, definitely plan to bring out at least two, probably those two are the, the, the cliched, uh, players you'd expect, uh, you know, Barkley um, and Lukaku, Barkley and Lukaku. Uh, all right. Uh, Owen O'Keefe says, um, Antonio instead of Pyatt, uh, Lennon instead of Barkley, uh, risky or decent differential for the home stretch. Uh, just talked about Lennon Barkley. I think that Lennon is definitely an option there. Um, Given that he's scored in four of the last five matches, I think that we can feel pretty safe in him, um, you know, continuing to start. I don't know if he started in the FA Cup or not, but um, I don't, that doesn't necessarily make a difference, um, you know, the way that some managers uh, play certain guys in the Cup and certain guys, you know, in the league. Um, so uh, Antonio instead of Payet is interesting. It's kind of hard not to be seduced by how well Payet played in the, you know, in the in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup this weekend. I was seduced. Um, you were seduced, <laughs> even though I dropped him from my team. I, it doesn't bar me from being seduced by Pyatt. That's true. I mean, it's maybe you want both. You know, I mean, it's Antonio is only five point four million. Uh, is you know, he's very affordable. He's a great fourth or fifth midfielder. Um, you know, he scored the last four matches, or excuse me, scored in the last three matches. Uh, but you know, eleven points, eleven points, six points. Uh, great goal celebration. Um, yes, so it, yes. I, I agree. Yeah. And they have two double game weeks coming up. So doubling up in that midfield. Yeah. Like both of them is going to put you in a really good position when that's when those double game weeks start. And Pyatt's a little expensive. I mean, he's 8.2 million. So if you, if you can't afford him, then I think Antonio is a great backup. Scott Gill says, how many players do you have left from game from day one? Uh, I have just my two keepers, Butland and Schmeichel. And do you want to know a fun fact, Brennan? Yes, I do want to know a fun fact. I only have two players left from day one. My two goalkeepers, Butlin and Schmeichel. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Am uh, I Scott Gill? You might be Scott Gill. <laughs> uh, Robert Huth, for me, is the only guy who has survived the whole season. Now that you've dumped Mesut Ozil. <laughs> Poor Mesut Ozil. For David I mean, Silva, the player you trashed in the last podcast episode. <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, I mean, Ozil is, has probably been uh, as good to me as any other player would have over the course of the season, and I, I've, I've shown my lack of loyalty. It is. like the, the longer the season goes on, the more fun it is to have at least one player that you just ride it out the whole year. I had that with um, – interestingly enough, actually, it was um, – um, the defense, who's the, uh, Danny Simpson, my first yeah. year in the premier league, uh, Danny Simpson was playing for Newcastle and I brought him at 4 million and he, I think he, I had him on my team all 38 weeks. Yeah. And how many points did he probably score total? Maybe like 42, <laughs> about 42, about one point, <laughs> a, one point a week. Um, yeah, I think, uh, actually that was the season where Newcastle was like challenging for uh, Europa spot. 
Yeah, that's that's the party way, you know. Strong. Oh, that, that was like the one year he kept it up, right? Because they yeah. were, you know, they actually, yeah, they got they got fifth. They, they, I think going into the last game of the season, they could have finished uh, fourth. Yeah, I'm sure that's the season that he, he's constantly talking about in the in the halls of the Crystal Palace <laughs> offices. Like, hey guys, remember that season? Yeah, that yeah was me. Don't, don't forget, I I can still win a match. <laughs> sure, you can, Pards. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I'm trying to think of last year. I, I don't know. I don't know if I had anybody the whole season. Uh, I was ruthless last year. That's probably why I did better. You were ruthless. You 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 used players up and then you left them on the side of the road. No sentiment at all. Uh, yeah. So just just the two keepers, and uh, I think they. I probably will have Schmeichel the rest of the year. Although, you know, I don't know. I mean, with all the double game weeks coming up, there's a pretty good chance I'll just bring in two double game week goalkeepers. Get that bench boost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, Adam Beasley says, uh, with uh, with the wild card to use soon, is it better to transfer in one or two week punts as opposed to uh, inform temple players that I get with the wild card anyway? So just to rephrase that a little bit, better to um, maybe not necessarily bring in the most talented player, but bring in someone who has a great fixture. Right. I think that I I mostly agree with this, although I think that um, probably it depends on where you where you are in your your mini league or where you want to end up overall at the end of the season. Yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking. I mean, because punt is um, punt means different things to different people. I mean, punt can be like I'm going to bring in Shakiri and captain him this game week. You know, um, like right, a way, crazy, to, crazy a way to Chelsea or whatever, you know, just just to like just because why not? You know, and if it works out, it's going to be great. Um, but other punts are like I'm going to captain Sigurdsson this weekend. Like it's not a insane punt, but it's a it's a slightly risky move, you know. Right. Um, and uh, but the fixture is great and uh, he's in good, for, you know, like so. I mean, I'm certainly thinking that way myself. Uh, in terms of who I'm bringing in, um, you know, I'm probably going to bring in a defender this game week, and so uh, all I'm looking at are the next two, you know, two or three game weeks, um, because you know I know that I'm, it's probably you know game week 32 or 33 is when I'm going to play my wild card. Right. So um, you know, there's no point in, in overthinking this. You know, I'm not going to look at a six week projection uh, with eight weeks left in the season with a wild card to come in two weeks. So um, so basically, I do agree. Although I think that um, in the end, I'm I'm just not. Uh, I'm not like a uh, um, reckless enough, um, maybe to my detriment. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, Captain Aguero was the most was the most conservative play I could make this week. You know, and, yeah. And he's he, he he performed worse than any player on my team except for Ashley Williams. If I had Captain yeah. literally any other player, including Norwich's Russell Martin, I would have scored more yeah. points. This week. They they talked a little bit about this on the last week's fantasy football scout podcast and uh, about about various strategies if you're trying to catch up in your mini league and I think the same applies here in that it's I don't know that it's useful to think about this in such black and white terms like you can do both you can transfer in template players that are going to help you long term and you can also bring in punts at the same time when you're playing your wild card yeah so I think you just sort of feel out. Um, where you think where you think there are going to be some sure clean sheets and 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 maybe there's a, a punt in in the midfield or up top where where you could gain some points or even punt on a few clean sheets but you, you're not going to you're not going to bring in uh you know 15 punts <laughs> we just said the word punt like way too many times like it's it's like it's like it's like when you ever say a word so many times it like starts to like lose its meaning 
You know, sure. like it's that's what's happening with the word punt right now. We've said it so many times. It's like the word is like the, all the letters have like come apart in my head. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on. Uh, Soccer captains. Our friend Tim Shaw says, "What was your favorite wacky formation from game week 30? Um, I don't. I don't have an answer to that, uh, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the uh the part of sports center right before they throw it to commercial <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, uh, these are- <laughs> uh well okay so this is something that i learned actually from our hail cheaters top 10 manager colin bothwell he he i don't know if he invented this but something he was calling um bench wankers Okay. So in a uh, game week like this where it's really lean on fixtures and you know you're going to have all auto substitutions, you just bench all the guys, all your big players who you know are just going to auto sub because of blanks. Mm-hmm. So therefore, um, everybody thinks you have a really low score. But then when all your auto subs come in at the end of the game week, your score jumps up. by Like he had Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy, and maybe Deli Ali on his bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's sort of interesting. Uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of fun to to not know. Although I feel like I, I feel like I'd want to. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like I would like. I would, you you sound you sound like so much fun right now, Josh. <laughs> that that doesn't like. Would you do that? That doesn't sound like fun to me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you're, you're gonna like try your hand at bench wankerism. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you never know, Josh. I, I try any. I try anything once. Yeah. Uh, so, Brennan, those are our questions for this game week. Uh, let's move on to the optimizer. Let's do it. All right. I'm ready and, to go. I'm ready to optimize. All right. Excellent. Um, first, okay. And once again, let's, let's let's run through these. I feel like sometimes we we get a little um we get a little long winded. You know, I think we get a little tired at the end of the podcast. You know, spending too long in these matches. So. Uh, let's try to keep it to about a minute of match. Okay, Josh. Instructions are heard loud and clear. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. First match, Everton-Arsenal. Early morning match. Uh, Everton host Arsenal. I find this to be a very difficult match to predict uh, because these are probably the two least reliable teams in the league. <laughs> That's why I'm going to go for an Everton win here. Um, and I think they're going to have one of their barnstorming games and they're going to win 3-0. Does that tempt you to bring in uh, Lukaku? Are you? Would you think about that? See, that's a very good question and something that we ask of ourselves every time we revisit a game week before the podcast. Are we going to put our money where our mouths are? <laughs> right. These crazy predictions. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm willing to admit that's just a prediction. And maybe I'm having a little bit of fun with it, but I do see that as a possibility. Maybe not as um, clear a possibility for me to bring in Lukaku. Yeah, it's it's all going so pear shaped for Arsenal right now. I mean, Aaron Ramsey's out for I think four weeks, uh, you know, and that guy is probably the one guy who really, I mean, you know, uh, Alexis Sanchez plays a lot of fire too, but he's really uh, out of form, and you know, it's just it's so classic that Aaron Ramsey, like immediately after scoring this amazing goal in the North London Derby, uh, you know, gets injured and is out for for several weeks. Um, and, you know, I just it might be over for us in a while, or, or it might be that their backs are now so against the wall that they're going to rally with, you know, Joel Campbell and uh, Awobi and whoever else is playing, you know, for them. So uh, yeah. I'll predict a 1-1 draw here. Um, I think that Arsenal could scratch out a goal and uh, I think Everton will, will disappoint as they have uh, so many times this year. <laughs> 
Let me say this. If something happens before the weekend that upsets the top three template strikers, I will bring in Lukaku. And that's an always cheating guarantee. I like it. Okay. Uh, Chelsea West Ham. Feeling a little nervous now about dropping Payet. Uh, now that Diego Costa is not going to be playing this game week because of his red card, um, I just why think does that, that why does that make you nervous? I mean, Costa well, just, just basically just, plays up front and bothers the defenders. I just think that he, but he does. I mean, he forces the midfielders to play a little. Like he's such a terror, you know, when mm-hmm. he's when he's in good form that it forces, uh, all, you know, the whole mid. Everyone has to play a little bit differently with him. Right. Uh, and I just think that um, I, I just think that Everton, or excuse me, that West Ham can really control that match uh, without you know. Now, now they're not dealing with Diego Costa. It was the one guy and uh, Chelsea you know, seems to be playing with a lot of fire this year. Yeah, I tend to for agree. better, for better and worse. You know. Yeah. I think it'll be a very hotly contested game. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling good about Chelsea's form. They've yet to lose a game in the league under Hedink. Um, I think they continue it, and I think they beat West Ham. Okay, I think. Okay, so we're going to disagree here because I think West Ham is going to win this match, uh, and I think they're going to win two one. I say two one the other way. All right. How are you feeling about the Aspilicueta uh, bring-in? Are you? Uh... <laughs> I I I kind of don't think about it at all, um, and not in a good way, not in a set it and forget it sort of way. Um, Aspilicueta just hasn't quite been good enough. I've gotten an assist from him since I brought him in, and uh, not a whole lot of clean sheets. Yeah, like one think, clean sheet and one assist. One. Yeah, it, it's it's really not good enough. Crystal Palace, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Crystal Palace, Leicester. Leicester, I, I feel, I just feel pretty good about Leicester. Uh, I, I don't think they'll play as poorly in another match as they. I mean, they, 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 well, okay, I don't think they'll play as poorly in this match as they did uh, at home to Newcastle. I don't know if they. I mean, I guess it worked their strategy of basically scoring one goal and then sitting back for the next sixty minutes. I mean, yeah, they had they, they had they had trouble controlling the game at some points during the second half, but. Ultimately, I think in the last five, ten minutes, they were able to, to professionally kill that Newcastle game. Yeah, it's true. And I think that um, Mares is an interesting option in this Crystal Palace match, too. I, I don't think that um, the Crystal Palace defense, which was really fearsome for a stretch there in the middle of the season, is uh, you know conceding goals left and right. They're still scoring, the, the defenders, but they're still you know, they're conceding a lot of goals. So I think that... Um, you know, I think that Leicester will win this one, you know, two nothing or maybe maybe two one. Yep. Totally agree. I have nothing more to contribute to that. <laughs> uh I mean Leicester's I feel like because Leicester is coming off of that run where they were playing all the Giants and now they're playing all the 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 mid to lower table teams. After that Newcastle match, I think they're they're sort of starting to find more of an equilibrium mm-hmm. and they're getting used to playing that caliber of Premier League team. And I think I see it getting easier and easier for them as as these uh, fixtures roll on. I hope so. Uh, I, I, like, they're so... With the five-point lead and eight weeks to go, I mean, it's just... It's like, it's, it's got... I, I'm feeling nervous now as a fan. You know? They're too, they're, they're, they're too close. And, yeah. and it would be just so painful as a neutral to see them lose it now. Oh, I mean, it just oh, can you imagine? It's 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 like it was bad enough a couple of years ago when Liverpool lost 
you know, was it a five point lead or something like that? I mean, that that Gerard's. I'm not even a Liverpool fan, but that the Gerard yeah. slip. I mean, that was. Yeah, I still all, think all, about that sometimes. <laughs> all the heroes of the game, like uh, Brendan Rodgers and uh, Mamadou Sako, <laughs> they could have they could have been heroes. They could have if just day. if just for one year. <laughs> Uh, all right, Watford hosts Stoke. Uh, not a believer in Stoke anymore. Impressed that Watford made it the FA, the FA Cup semifinal and has a pretty good shot at the final, I'd say. They do, yeah. Go Watford. I would love to see Troy Deeney get a game-winning goal at Wembley. I think that would definitely make his lifetime. I think this is a fairly straightforward 2 nothing Watford win. Yeah, I would love to see it. I, I really can't muster any cares for Stoke right now. Agallo got he has not been scoring a lot in the league, but he got back on the score sheet uh, with a pretty good goal uh, in the Arsenal uh, FA Cup match. I don't know if you saw that goal. It was a classic Agallo goal. I mean, just a you know yeah. turn and strike. Yep, yep, I did see it. It was classic, and yeah, I'd love to see him back to his scoring ways now that nobody has him in the FPL game anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, West Brom, Norwich, uh, not a fun game from fantasy perspective. Uh, <laughs> West Brom are such a pest right now. I mean, I guess I guess you have to at least nod your head at Rondon, like just in approval because he's he's doing a lot of things. Like he's yeah, this this is directed right at you, Adam Beasley. This is the this is a punt, a punter's punt. Let's yep, say think pun. about I'm gonna say, yeah. I'm gonna see how many more times I can say punt before we <laughs> press the button on this podcast. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I guess I'll pick a one nothing West Brom win. I don't feel good about it though. Yeah, I mean Norwich is is fighting for their lives, so you have to nod to Norwich, uh, much like you nodded to Rondon. I'll nod to Norwich's just straight up need for points. I think it's going to be a tough game for West Brom. And hey, hashtag free Mo Bacani. Let's see Mo Bacani <laughs> score two goals here. Let's see. Let's see Mo. Uh, yeah, I mean, Norwich, yeah. Okay, so let's, okay, just, just a, as a brief aside here, uh, four teams left uh, in the relegation spots, I'd say. I mean, Swansea and Crystal Palace are eight points above Bournemouth. Uh, I think they're probably pretty safe. Uh, so, yeah, or did I say Bournemouth? I'm sorry. Uh, Swansea, Crystal, Swansea and Crystal Palace, uh, Bournemouth's actually much, much further up. Uh, Swansea and Crystal Palace are um, in um, 15th and 16th place. And then you have Sunderland. Norwich, Newcastle, Aston Villa. Uh, so Aston Villa, we think, is going down. Uh, Newcastle, Norwich, Sunderland um, are at 25, 25, and 24. So uh, who do you think is going down of those three? Norwich, I think, is definitely going to be among the three. And I think we'll know a lot more after the Tyneware Derby. Oh, come on. Just pick one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick... Okay, so... I'm going to pick Newcastle. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Big Sam, you know, he, he doesn't get relegated. But Rafa Benitez, he's got this, like, pedigree, right? Like, he's managed every, every like, gold standard team under the sun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think Sam, Big Sam will relish the opportunity to beat, uh, beat Benitez out of the drop. So that, that's kind of what I'm going for. I th- I think that I agree with you on that, and I just having watched having just watched the Newcastle uh, Leicester match, uh, or at least as much of it as I could like, kind of keep an eye on while I was at work. Um, I uh, just in case anybody at work is listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that uh, I don't know where the goals are going to come from for Newcastle. Uh, I just I, you didn't see it in that match. I mean, I know that they've 
they've picked up some goals here and there from from Wijnaldum and Jose Perez and and uh, and Voldemort uh, in the last you know <laughs> several weeks. But I just don't think there's enough. Cons- I don't think they can score enough goals to stay out of the relegation spots. I mean, yeah, you, they're, you know, they're just not organized enough. Yeah, I mean, Jermaine Defoe is exactly the kind of player that they need. Jermaine Defoe is just ruthless. Yeah. You know, it's not that he's an absolutely brilliant striker, but he's just. He's, he's clinical. Gonna, he's gonna, yeah, he's clinical. He's going to get you your goals, and he's going to win a couple games just because he's going to go off for two or three goals in a match. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think Newcastle is one of those teams where they, they have to go down. They have to hit rock bottom before they can sort of clean up their act. Yep, I agree. Uh, Swansea, uh, I, I hope so. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Mike Ashley leave, like 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 most Newcastle fans. Right? Yeah, we're not, totally for not me not to. I'm not hating on Newcastle. I'm just sort of like I as a no. fan, I totally sympathize with, with yeah. the dire straits. It's depressing to think of either Newcastle or Sunderland going down. I mean, those are you know like huge fan bases, like really established Premier League sides. But uh, it's almost certainly going to be one of the two. Uh, hashtag Tune Army. <laughs> uh, Swansea, Aston Villa. Uh, that's this is the late game on Saturday. Uh, definitely thinking about captaining Sigurdsson in this match. I, I really, um, if, if, if Harry Kane weren't home to Bournemouth, I'd be even more excited about it. But I might do it anyway. Uh, this to me is like a three. No- I mean, Aston Villa is going down, no doubt about it. Now, yeah. Uh, and uh, this is like a three nothing Swansea win. Yeah, I mean, Villa gave it their best for a half against Spurs, and then. Like all the air came out, and the fact that they had chances in the second half and and miraculously missed them will will just like destroy their will to to play even more. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have any great faith that Villa's going to show up and 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 fight for much pride here against Swansea. So yeah, three three nil sounds about right. Uh, brings us to Sunday. Uh, we just talked about the time where Derby. Uh, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, I think Sunderland could actually win this match. Uh, even though Newcastle are hosting, I'm going to predict a 2-1 Sunderland win. I think it's going to be a draw. I think I think fans on either side are going to want and expect a win, and it's going to be a draw, and it'll be a stalemate for a while longer there down in the in the relegation zone. Okay, all right. I, I mean, I, I I would buy that too. Yeah, not uh, a not a clean sheet. I think it'll be a one-one or a two-two draw. Uh, Southampton, Liverpool, uh, planning to start Virgil Van Dyke in this match, but I'm a little nervous about it. I mean, who would you, would you rather start Virgil Van Dyke um, at home to Liverpool or uh, Hector Bellerin away to Everton? Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I feel like that's an easy decision. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that, that's how I've got it lined up right now. But it's um, I feel a little better about Southampton in this match because Liverpool will have played the second leg of their uh, of their tie with. Uh, with Man United in the Europa League uh, just a couple of days before, and uh, I'm sure they'll be going all out for that match. Yeah, and without that, a doubt. Yeah, and that match is at um, is at Old Trafford, uh, the one on Thursday. So um, that's going to be a pretty intense one, I think. So uh, it could be a bit of a letdown game for them. Um, so I think uh, I'll I'll predict like a one-one draw here. Yeah, I I would agree with your predictions. I'm sort of thinking a little more long term with Liverpool. Uh, like kind of along the lines of Lukaku looking like a player that we're all going to want to get in for various double game weeks. Firmino has just turned into a total stud uh, at the late stages of of the league here. And I feel like maybe not for the Southampton game, but in the next couple of weeks, I want to find a way to work Firmino into my lineup. That's amazing. This, this, this Firmino turnaround. First David Silva, now Firmino. This is it's too much. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know who I'm talking to anymore. The the FPL changes you, Josh. Yeah, I guess so. I guess maybe so. you'd be a better person if you if you changed too. I'm doing fine. I'm doing just great. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, and, you and Christian Eriksen are having a great time <laughs> over there. Uh, Man City, Man United, Manchester Derby, uh, Derby Day. I just realized. Well, two derbies. Uh, I think that man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think <laughs> about this one. Yeah, they're they're both kind of garbage teams right now. Uh, but Man City has. I think on paper the the better players. It's just a matter of if, can Juan if, Mata play in this match? Have the, has there been a match for Man United since since then, like an FA match? Oh, since his red card. Oh, I think so because yeah, they, they played, played West, Ham. West Ham. Okay, so, yeah. so Mata can play in this match. Mata can play. That's going to be my team name next year. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, it's just a, it's just a matter of if if City's elite players decide to show up and make it a game then I, I think they could clean up against uh, against United. But it's the same could be said about Manchester United. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, this is, you know, uh, Man United were, were leaking goals uh, 10 or 11 weeks ago now, maybe even longer. Uh, and they went to Anfield. And you're like, okay, this is like, can't start your defender here. Like, it's going to be a slaughter. And then they and there was a nil-nil draw. So uh, I can see them playing for, for you know playing pretty defensively uh, at the Etihad, and I, I could see this match being like a nil nil draw or a one nothing Man City win. I could see it being pretty pretty low scoring, right? So, I mean, because it's tempting to captain Aguero here, you know, just knowing how fired up he's going to be, knowing that it's going to be a full strength squad. Uh, but I'm just a little nervous given his form, and uh, I don't know that he can score like two or three goals in this match. So this is the ultimate test of our fear of Aguero, because I feel like of any week, this would be a great week to captain anybody but Aguero. Right. But yet, the feeling remains that on his day, Aguero could put five past De Gea. Well, right. I guess that, that bears mentioning that De Gea, with De Gea and gold, that is, that is one hell of a roadblock. Yeah, yeah, it's... But it's, yeah, I'm curious yeah. to see if anybody beats Aguero in the captaincy poll leading up to this weekend. Yeah, I am. I'm a little curious myself. Uh, okay, so that brings us to uh, final fixture of the game week: Spurs host Bournemouth. Uh, I mean, we can't just dismiss Bournemouth. Uh, you know, they're playing great right now, and uh, it's not that their defense is the tightest, but they're they're certainly in every match, and so I wouldn't expect Spurs to. To you know, walk all over them, but I, I, I would, I, I do expect some goals in this match. So um, I can see this being a little bit like the uh, the Spurs. And Spurs also they'll have had their uh, the second leg of their um, their Europa League tie with uh, Borussia Dortmund, and that I think they just gave up on that one. I mean, they didn't like play any of their starters. Basically, they did. It would be a weird turnaround by Pochettino to then play a full strength squad when they're coming in at such a disadvantage at the second one. Yeah. It's hard to know. I mean, it could have been that he just took a risk, you know, or he took a gamble that they could that they could, you know, hold it to one nothing or two nothing. Um and the gamble didn't pay off, but he still feels obligated to to go for it, you know, at home. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Hurricane does play. I think that that is the thing I'll be looking at most closely. If Hurricane yeah. Doesn't start against Dortmund, then uh, I'm fairly certain I'm going to captain him against Bournemouth. It's just tricky because you know three nothing at home, uh, or you know three nothing. They have to make up three nothing at home. So I mean, if Dortmund score any goal in that match, they have to score five goals just to win. So 
Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think they won't go for it in the Europa League match. Uh, so I'll predict a 3-2 Spurs win here. Uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know why I said two goals by Bournemouth, but they're just... Yeah, I think that's rather ambitious. Yeah, how about yeah, 3-1? I'd be, I'd be on the fence about a clean sheet. I'm, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I just, I, I walked it back. I, I said 3-1. Okay. I feel a little better about 3-1. Yeah, that that seems about right. I I'm going to be hoping for a Spurs clean sheet here. I think they I'll think I think they'll do it. I I'm going to I'm going to double down on my Taco Tuesday and say 3-0 to Spurs against okay. Bournemouth. Uh all right, that fair enough. Uh well that's it Brandon. Uh long, a little longer than I thought. I thought it was going to be a shorter podcast, but uh we I think you that, say we, that every, our, you say that every week, John. I do. I do. I think I think our chip discussion uh, <laughs> uh we just we, we got so we got so caught up in it, you know. Josh, what you need to do is really listen to Tim Howard when he says, hashtag, find your magic. Mm-hmm. I know. That's true. Yeah, get, a, get a little body spray. All right. Well, that's that's your podcast, Brandon. Hail Cheaters. I'm, yeah, Hail Cheaters. Uh, Poku Forever. How can people find us online? Because we're all over the place. At, at Hail Cheaters, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. And, hey, free Poku. When's he going to play? Yeah, he didn't even make the starting. He didn't even make the 18 uh, on Sunday. So this is a disappointment. NYCFC, Patrick Vieira, drive me crazy. (laughs) All right, Josh, I'll see you. I'll see you out there in the universe. All right, see you, Brandon. And go, go state, go Spartans. Always cheating. Always cheating. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.